the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. It's a hot one out there, isn't it? It's really hot. Holy moly. I mean, my phone says it's 93 outside. Yeah. But, um, man, I was happy to come into work today because they've got AC. Yeah. So I have been thinking a lot about air conditioning, not air conditioning. Okay, if you listen to the show before, you will know that John Norton, John's family and my family, neither one of us have air conditioning. We live in old houses, right? And well, I will tell it. you that we're not going to get it. Most of the time, it's fine. It's fine. 100%. Today? Oh, my it's rough. It wasn't really okay today. No, it was not. I just, no, well, no. I just want to say that it no, wasn't no, okay no. today. I took like the coldest of cold showers. So did today. I. <laughs> so did I. I was and like, it, well, the good thing is that we're not, we're, you know, we're using a lot of electricity with the fans. Yeah. We're certainly not using a lot of hot water. No, no. Uh, yeah, I got a uh, family out in Portland. They're at 114 today. They must be 114 beside themselves. Good grief. You know, when I was out in the. Um, Pacific Northwest several years ago, everybody there is like super proud of their weather. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, the great thing about living out here is that it's not too hot and it's not too cold. (laughs) And, you know, you're like, okay, so, okay, you you know, I'm glad you're in the, you know, they're happy with everything. Well, they must be unable to bear it. If I'm having a hard time without air conditioning in my house, those people must be in bad shape. They're all in Powell's bookstore. Or climbing to Mount Rainier. No, never. Okay. Powell's bookstore is like an old time. It, yeah. It's gigantic. It's like a, it's like a factory. It was actually like too overwhelming for mm, me. Nice. I had to leave. <laughs> I was like, I actually can't be here. That's good. Well, anywhere where there's Anyway, I bet it's packed with like, you know, I'm 500 sure. people in there. Holy smokes. Okay. It is uh, a lot going on uh, despite the weather. And uh, as we always do, we get underway with the show. Kath presents us with the top news stories of the day. So without further ado, Kath, please, the top four at four. For Monday, June 28th, 2021, number one, the vaccines made by Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna set off a persistent immune reaction in the body that may protect against COVID-19 for years, scientists reported today, years. According to the New York Times, the findings add to growing evidence that most people immunized with the mRNA vaccines may not need boosters. Nice. So long as the virus and its variants don't evolve much beyond their current forms, which, of course, is not uh, guaranteed, yeah, yeah. but okay. People who recovered from COVID before being vaccinated may not need boosters, even if the virus does make a significant transformation. Great. How about that? Now, the study did not consider the vaccine made by Johnson & Johnson. So it remains to be seen. Number two. Since former Minneapolis officer Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd last May in front of three colleagues, more police departments have begun training police officers to intervene when their fellow officers use excessive force or engage in misconduct. National Dicey, how hard that would be. Yeah. Really good article in today's Wall Street Journal about, um, about the 
policemen, many who are using a training called Active Bystandership for Law Enforcement, or ABLE, that was designed by policing researchers at Georgetown University's law school. In the four years after the training was first tried in 2016, only a handful of departments signed up. But the number of departments that have signed up since Mr. Floyd's murder is now 138, including New York City, Philadelphia, and Boston. Here's a quote from Denver Police Chief Paul Pazin. He says, this incident that occurred a thousand miles away has dramatically impacted law enforcement across the country and it has eroded trust. So this training is part of the solution to help rebuild that trust. I don't know, it sounds like a good move to me, right? I'm interested to read more about that. Number three. Also in today's Wall Street Journal, when Bruce Springsteen arrived on stage at the St. James Theater shortly after 8 p.m. Saturday night, It marked more than just Bruce's return to Broadway with that one-man show. It also marked the long-awaited return of Broadway itself following an unprecedented 15-month shutdown. It was a sold-out performance on Saturday, which many said signified the true return of New York. The show titled Springsteen on Broadway wasn't much different than the one he presented for a massively successful run from 2017 to 2018, which, by the way, grossed $113 million and earned him a Tony Award. Over the course of two and a half hours on Saturday, Bruce apparently told stories, poked fun at himself, his working class upbringing, and his path to becoming a rock star. He sang Dancing in the Dark. He also sang Born in the USA, but in a dark blues-infused version. Hmm. He was also joined by his wife, uh, Patty Scalfa. Scalia. Oh, okay. For a couple of numbers as yeah, well. Yeah. At number four, I'd John, like the mask mandate is over in Pennsylvania. Due to excellent vaccination efforts on the part of countless people in the state and across the country, I can stop my bi-weekly mask washing regimen. Congratulations. I'm very excited about the amount of schedule that's going to open up for me. According to an article in today's trip, you'll still have to wear a mask in healthcare settings and there will still be universal masking in patient care areas. But otherwise, use your best judgment and care for those around you. And that is your top four at four. Very nice. Okay, can I, can I add something to that? Yeah, sure. When top you when four and a half. You, yeah, this is this is the top four four B. When you read particularities about masking, especially in this era, does it start to blur your vision? Do you start to kind of haze over? Oh yeah. I chose here's the deal. I choose not to read it. Well, I chose to read it today, yeah. since apparently you weren't. And I want to tell you, this is a, a, a trib um piece from today and it's an interview with dr graham snyder who's medical director of infection prevention and hospital epidemiology at upmc can i read you a portion sure, of this yeah, yeah. and this will just kind of explain why people like me get confused about what we're supposed to do because we're getting it from all over the place are you ready yeah go the question presented to dr snyder and there were a bunch of questions but this question was why would someone still choose to wear a mask should they still choose to sure. wear one? Because we know people who need to wear one, yes. right? Yes, and so this is maybe someone who would choose to, even yeah. if they don't. So you may still choose to wear a mask, he says, when you're in public in close proximity to other people to protect yourself from being exposed. Mm-hmm. Because the vaccine layer will protect you from being sick or seriously sick. But you may also want to use that mask to keep you from being exposed to you. That happens all the time. Okay, so you don't have what to does that transmit. Even mean? The, what, what does that mean? What does it mean? You may also want to use that mask to keep you from being exposed uh, to what you. What does that mean? What? See, this is why the average person like me is like. This I'm is exposed crazy to me constantly. What? For better it's or worse. It's going to keep me from being exposed to me. Yeah. The know. mask is going to keep me. From, what? No. I don't know. So maybe that was a misquote. Maybe it was a maybe it was a typo. <laughs> or misquote. Or 
Maybe this is something that really doesn't help any of us to figure anything out. Okay, so uh, let's drill down on that. Maybe we can reach out and finding out what Could we? If you, being if, exposed. What? No. Okay. You being exposed But you to may you. also want to use that mask to keep you from being exposed to you. Okay. I don't know. I've I, been exposed to me for a long time, and I don't know if it's helped or hurt. It's, of course it doesn't. That's why I pray regularly. <laughs> we will take a quick break. You've we go to the White to House. Me. I have been. And now we're back together again in close quarters. <laughs> Greg Clarkston, SRN News, joins us next. 101.5 WORD. If you're a single mom, there is some profound loss that is a part of your story. Here's Peggy Sue Wells. The majority of the moms that are single moms, it's because of a separation or a divorce. And so they didn't start out to raise a child by themselves. We'll provide effective biblical strategies for navigating life as a single mom. Next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our busy schedules. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Now, Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Now, the first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. Congratulations, you did it. You worked hard and saved for retirement. But now you'll have questions. Will my taxes increase? How will I cover my expenses? Will my income last? Will I have anything left to leave to my loved ones? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. I know that you need a strategy to help make sure your hard-earned money goes the distance in retirement. That's why I'm offering you a free guide designed to help you know if your nest egg can withstand the challenges of a 21st century retirement. Longer lives, increasing health care costs, and taxes are just a few of the risks to your income. Get this free guide from me, Ethan Lane, and our team at Accurate Solutions Group by calling 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Take the first step to help your money last in retirement. 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Does your school help your child imagine, believe, and achieve? Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon does just that. And they've partnered with this station to offer half off a year's tuition for first-time enrollees. Here, your K-6 through grade student will discover their true potential with the help and love of certified teachers who bring their faith and passion for learning into the classroom using Jubilee's award-winning integrated curriculum. Get half off a year's tuition while it lasts at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Every Monday we go to the White House where Greg Cluxon joins us. Greg Cluxon is the SRN News White House correspondent. Hey, Greg, uh, happy to come along today. How are things? 
Hey, very good. John, Kathy, good to be here with you. Terrific. Greg, good to see you and hear from you as well. Now, there's a lot going on in the nation's capital. I hardly know where to begin, but I guess we should talk about infrastructure first. Um, So it looked like there was a a bipartisan bill that everybody was at least partially happy with. Um, uh, Mitt Romney, uh, Susan Collins, I don't remember who else was involved in the negotiation on the Republican side, felt good about it until the president started speaking about it over the weekend. And he got everybody mad. Uh, talk to us about it, Greg. Yeah, you know, for several weeks, we've been talking about the the on again, off again, not really on again, off again, but the 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 concerted effort to continue to meet and try to find a bipartisan ag- agreement on infrastructure, traditional infrastructure spending, like on roads and bridges. Sure. Also, broadband is a part of this package. Um, and so Republicans said that they would want to talk to the White House about those kinds of traditional infrastructure spending ideas. And so they uh, had these back and forth meetings for several weeks, a couple of different groups. And the last bipartisan group met here at the White House last Thursday. And after the meeting, the, the senators came out to talk to reporters and they were joined by the president. In fact, he came out with the, the lawmakers, which was sort of an interesting yeah. move by the president. And he came out and said, we have a deal. We have a bipartisan framework. We're going to move forward on it. And then he had more formal remarks a couple of hours later inside the White House. And he said, if uh, if if the Congress doesn't also pass another bill that is supported by Democrats only on other issues, I'm not going to sign the bipartisan deal uh, that I just signed off on. And so... <laughs> That is what obviously angered Republicans. A lot. And so there were a lot of questions on Friday, and the White House was kind of caught flat-footed there. And then on Saturday, over the weekend, Kathy, that's when the White House issued an eight-paragraph statement from the president, a lengthy statement, essentially walking back and trying to clean up the mess that was made by his comments on Thursday, saying, I did not intend... To, uh, to 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 deliver a veto threat, in other words, okay. uh, and so he, which is of course the only way anybody clear. would have taken it, right? Yes, and it, what's interesting is because uh, a lot of the language now in the news reporting, and especially from the White House today and over the last couple of days, has been that was not the impression that the president meant to deliver when he said specifically, if the two bills don't come together, I won't sign them. He said, real simple. <laughs> Uh, so he was very clear at the moment. See, this, this is the rub, because Biden wants a bipartisan agreement. He, he really would see that as a, as a political victory. Sure. Democratic leaders on the Hill and Congress aren't so keen on the bipartisan effort because they feel a lot of their priorities are going to get watered down in the process. And that's why they're pushing to have these two bills essentially coupled together in tandem. And so the White House was uh, very familiar, of course, with those Democratic positions. And that's how the president sort of got into a problem last week. I see. And so where do things stand now, Greg? Well, it's interesting because a lot of these Republicans who were involved in the negotiations were on some of the Sunday political talk shows yesterday. They came out and said that they were satisfied with the president's uh, statement on Saturday that was clarifying his remarks, walking back the statement and basically saying, look, Basically, this is what the president is saying, you guys. He's saying, I am for this bipartisan deal, but I am also for this other bill that probably a lot of Republicans aren't going to get behind. There's no reason why we can't pass both of them. And Republicans, they see those two as basically two separate bills. 
And if one passes and one doesn't, fine. Although the White House wants to see both of them passed. And the White House isn't saying today exactly if, for example, the bipartisan bill, if it came first to the president's desk, would he wait to sign it until the other bill passed? They haven't quite said that yet. Okay, so I feel like this goes back to the original problem where the two parties couldn't agree on what infrastructure was, right? So, you know, I think if the president had his way, um, the what's the what's the name of the other bill that he... Yeah, the American Families Plan. Okay, so he and, was and, thinking that those things would be, in his mind, that's part of infrastructure. Right, and uh, this is a new phrase that uh, the White House and other Democrats on the Hill are adopting now and calling it human infrastructure, meaning child care and education and clean energy, those things that typically are not considered infrastructure in a traditional spending sense, sure. but that the Democrats want to put all in one package. Right, so that's not bridge and highway, right? So do, so do you think that he added that provision on Friday that got him in so much trouble because he was trying to, I don't know, mollify the louder segments of his own party? I, I think that's a real possibility because and the White House has said, look, they, they've wanted all of these items. And that's true. The president has put forward a plan to, for roads and bridges as well as these, as well as these other uh, spending uh, priorities of his. Uh, but the bipartisan agreement was only dealing with the, the, the physical infrastructure part of it. Uh, and the Republicans came out of that meeting at the White House and said, look, the president did not specifically link the two, saying that I can only approve, I can only sign off on this if the other bill passes. They said that was never a part of their discussions, and that's why they were caught off guard by those comments. Interesting. Live from the White House, Greg Clugson joins us from SRN News. Greg, uh, overnight we woke up this morning to find out the United States was involved in military action against Iran. Please tell us that story. Yes, those, this is the second time that the president, President Biden, has authorized these kinds of targeted military airstrikes since taking office. The first time it happened back in February, and both times the targets have been very similar. Iran-backed militias that are working right along the Iraq-Syria border, and the White House, the Defense Department, have said that this, uh, these, these facilities that were targeted by the military strikes are being used by these militia groups supported by the Iranian government to attack U.S. troops who are still stationed in Iraq. Hmm. And so the, the, the White House argument is uh, that there's Constitution Article 2 that gives the president uh, self-defense uh, authorization and powers, uh, legal justification to make these kinds of, of military decisions, uh, even if he doesn't let Congress know until after the fact. And hmm. uh, so there, there were a lot of questions today as to whether or not you know, what are the and this this always happens no matter who the president is, no matter what uh, political party the president uh, is a part of as to exactly what is the extent of these kinds of military powers that a sitting president can have. Sure. And these are always the military actions that are discussed and disliked by, you know, the challenger in a campaign. Right. But when the person becomes the president, all of a sudden it seems like, you know, you're in office. You have to make a decision. This is what happens. Sure. And that's happening again here. And uh, the White House says, look, this these are very uh, deliberate and very targeted and limited strikes going after bad actors in the region. Uh, and that special obviously special precautions are being made to, uh, to to not target any civilians. Interesting. Let's move forward to uh, talk about the southern border, Greg. Um, uh 
Vice President Kamala Harris was visiting the border last week uh, under much scrutiny because there was a lot of talk about, I'll visit, I'll visit, I'll visit. Months went by, but finally she's arrived. Uh, Can you fill us in on the details of what may have been accomplished or what was seen? Yeah, so this happened uh, last week uh, since the last time that we got together and talked about this. And you're right, uh, John, there was a lot of scrutiny Uh, In fact, a lot of pressure really on the vice president, on the White House to send Kamala Harris to the southern border. She has been designated in the White House as the point person to deal with the influx of of migrants coming from Central America, Latin America, across the southern border into the United States. A few weeks ago, she made a trip to Guatemala and Mexico Mm -hmm. without stopping at the border. And that's when especially uh, the criticism was amplified saying you're not even going to the border to see and she uh, and she was very uh, she 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 wasn't uh, she didn't take too kindly to a lot of the questions because every stop on that trip she was asked how come you're not going to the border right. and at one point she just sort of with exasperation said i've been to the border before meaning before she was vice president and i'll go again sometime well that sometime was last week she went to el paso which was which is not the uh, the most heavily trafficked right. and uh, area along the border, which is seeing a lot of the unaccompanied minors and and the very large influx that we've seen over the last number of weeks. So even her selection of a location still came under criticism. Hmm. Again, it is so much easier to be the challenger, right, to meet than to be the person in office. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of difference between campaigning there and sure governing. Is. There sure is. Kamala Harris experiencing that very much. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Find us on Facebook, 101.5 Word FM, or the Ride on with Johnny Kathy. You can watch the show. You can see Greg. We're talking to him right now via the wonders of Zoom. Um, all right. So, so let's talk about the former president. Um, president Trump has assured followers that he's going to uh, regain office in August of 2021. We'll see if that happens. But for now his political rallies have returned um what's that like greg where are these happening and are they similar or exactly the same maybe to the ones he had when he was still president well the trappings are very similar and this was on saturday night just outside of cleveland in lorraine county at the fairgrounds and uh, you had thousands of folks show up uh, in support of hearing from the president and uh, the president has been saying that he's going to be reviving these political rallies And the primary purpose initially for these rallies is going to be to support selected Republican candidates. And these are going to be candidates that Trump is is backing. And the reason why he's backing them is because they are challenging Republicans who are in Congress and voted to impeach President Trump earlier this year when he was still in office. So So this is a this is a targeted strike as well. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Uh, to, to use the language of the Pentagon, the yeah. targeted strike. Very nice. There, Thank Kathy. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, this this is a this is about retribution, to be honest. And that's uh, th- that's the the big push. What's interesting is, the, the you know, the white or not, not the White House, the Trump uh, people will say, well, this is why he's going to this particular state and this particular county and the candidates going to be there. And that's all true. Uh, but it's a very small slice of like the 90 minute program where Trump really just uh, he, he just goes off uh, on any number of subjects, criticism against President Biden, criticism on the border uh, and all of sort of the, uh, the, the you know, the list of hits that he, he made popular during his political rallies when he was in office. So there's there's a lot of similarity to what we saw when he was the president. I see. So we'll see. We saw the first one in Ohio. I would imagine we'll see more in the coming weeks and months. 
That's right. He really uh, he really wants to put a stamp on the outcome of the 2022 election. So, you know, we're a little over a year away from from having those midterm elections. Uh, he is going to try and put the Republican Party back in the majority, especially in the House and the House races. And so he is, uh, at least right now, focusing on House races that he would like to uh, see turned around and with people that would be more supportive of the sort of agenda that he is in support of. Craig, how about the article in The Washington Post at the end of last week about how much sicker the president was with COVID-19 than was previously understood? Yeah, I saw that. And in some ways, I'm not surprised. But, you know, you read the details and uh, it takes you back, you know, to the fall when that was happening. And uh, you often sometimes forget how close it was to the election that all of that happened when he was hospitalized, flown from the White House to Walter Reed and then came back and uh, sort of defiant in terms of uh, with the masks and saluting and having a very dramatic, you know, stand there on the on the White House balcony. Uh, But, yeah, in terms of the details, learning that, you know, his his fever had really spiked. Uh, it sent his aides and associates scrambling in the White House to uh, to try to find and get access to, uh, you know, some of the medical remedies that would need a special exemption from the FDA because they were not widely distributed at, at that point. And then, of course, just the decision uh, that the president had to be convinced in making, and that was leaving under his own power to go onto the helicopter and fly to the hospital uh, as a preventative measure, as opposed to waiting to, for him to possibly get sicker and have to be taken like in, a, in an ambulance, of course, which would not be the, the sort of symbolism that any president would want to send to right. the country, let alone the world. Right. Well, Greg, uh, hopefully all's well that ends well. Right. Yeah. Oh, hey, spe- speaking of, I got a question for you, Greg, because I always try to yeah. you know, throw something in at the end that has to do with perhaps an article or subject that we're going to be discussing. Uh, next, John has decided he wants to talk about camo formal wear because it's now a big thing for men. And so I'm curious, Greg, as to if you'd consider some type of, you know, camo, what is a sports coat? Evening or wear. Evening wear. So you're talking like a tuxedo type of thing, John? Well, whatever. You know, you're going to go someplace nice, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to go someplace nice. Greg, would you consider this? No, no. Right. I'm, it's just a short answer. Camo, no. All right, that's fine. All right. No, I can't, you can't convince you one way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I still, I still like you, John. Thanks so much. <laughs> Greg Clarkson, SRN News. Always a pleasure, Greg. Thanks for being with us today. Take care, guys. All right, yeah. The aforementioned camo. Would you wear formal wear that had a camo look to it? It's a big deal in a lot of neighborhoods. I'm telling you, it is. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, We've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we 
our United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Dan owed an unbelievable amount of money to the IRS. I got behind on my taxes. It's a horrible feeling. Dan turned to Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm who put his problems to rest. They got the job done, and life is good. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Stop worrying. Make the call now. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. For details, visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. It's Mattress Firm's 4th of July sale. For a limited time, save up to $500 on a king bed for a queen price. On top-rated mattress brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base with your $999 purchase. Hi, this is Robert Jermalowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees like Portersville Christian School in Portersville, PA, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. We are everywhere on your radio at 101. Point five W O R D FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Hi, I'm Debbie Childress, director of the Grayson County Alliance, a food pantry in rural Kentucky. Thanks to a local farmer, we recently received a $2,500 donation from America's Farmers Grow Communities, sponsored by the Monsanto Fund, a philanthropic arm of Bayer. As a result, we expanded a classroom where we teach families about nutrition and personal finance. I encourage all farmers to enroll for a chance to direct a $2,500 donation to a local nonprofit. Visit growcommunities.com. Tonight we'll see partly cloudy skies. It will be humid with a nighttime low of 71, becoming cloudy, hot, and humid tomorrow with a thunderstorm in one or two spots of the afternoon. We'll see a high tomorrow of 90. A thunderstorm in spots tomorrow evening, otherwise partly cloudy skies and humid, low 71. Wednesday will be cloudy with a couple of showers of a thunderstorm. It'll remain humid with a high of 85. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Went to a, a wedding three weekends ago. It was lovely. Mm-hmm. Bride wore an incredibly gorgeous dress. And, of course, I mean, it, isn't it thrilling to see... 20-somethings, looking spectacular, Mm -hmm. just lovely. Well, I saw something today which I think will appeal to a lot of people who may not be aware of this. I was not aware of this, which is formal sportsman look. Formal? Sportsman and formal are usually opposites, I would think. Well, so say, you know, you want to get married and you wanted to, you know, represent the hunter in you. (laughs) Right, so there is at a place called formalsportsman.com, dot mm-hmm. camo tuxedos, camo wedding gowns, any number of things. Let me read. The formal sportsman was started in January two thousand with the motto: "If you have to get dressed up, why not wear camo?" The business started by selling sports coats only, but we discovered a need for wedding attire in camo. After attending several wedding shows, mm-hmm. within a few short months, we expanded our product line greatly to meet the needs of our customers. Meet the needs. Additional I love, products. I love that someone looks at that as a need. Additional products include lingerie, 
purses, wallets, <laughs> and imported accessories. Also, cummerbunds, sports coats, yeah. and tuxedos. Okay. All right, that's a horrible idea. I don't. I don't think it's a horrible idea. Yeah, no, I think it is. I like. Um, it. I like the okay, idea. So I like. So I've I've Why? pulled one up here. Now the the thing that grieves me is people who are watching right now on Facebook aren't going to be able to appreciate this, but I want to show it to you. This is an orange. I think it's happening. Okay, it's not happening. No, I okay, love that. Look, if you can see, it, this is atrocious. No, no, no. That guy's got some style. Okay, so that's if you're in some kind of desert environment, right? Or it's something. Desert or, or, camo. or you're you're trying to blend into fall foliage. Mm-hmm. I'm no, not no. sure exactly what this is. I'll show okay. me wedding dresses. Uh, I haven't seen a wedding dress. Wait, no, you showed me. Oh. Well, that was that was for sure. I mean, I don't know what you're thinking, but that's not a wedding dress. Okay, I mean, and I'm not going to show that because this, this, no, fa- no, this is a this is a family program. Show, there's just no. She's showing some leg. That's yeah, all there is. There's a lot, I, but it's camo. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot. Of, there's also, and I, I appreciate I how the I, camera was able to pick this up. So I'm going to show this one. This is a gentleman's guru, mm. uh, a green and gold camo tuxedo. It's a three piece job. I think it looks. And good. Uh, look at this. Now this, I think you, this could look smashing on you, John. Very nice. Now I'm not. This appears to have glitter in it. I'm not sure what natural element, what forest would include it. It's camo a bling. glitter piece of anything. This is it. And, you know, this is just the jacket I'm showing, but, you know, there's matching pants, right. cummerbund, the whole nine yards. I would imagine. That's th- horrible. No, I'm, yeah, I think you're wrong on this, Kathy. It's kind of like the shirt I'm no, wearing, I, actually, now that I see. Well, there you go. I, I mean, Maybe this is my camo formal wear. Maybe that's what this is. I think you're underestimating things. I think there's a big market for this. I'm surpri- I would not be surprised if this would be all over western Pennsylvania. If okay, it's not already. Now, now l- let me say this. I have... And I get nervous about wearing camo because I don't want... I got a camo shirt. Okay. I, I, I have a I have a Steeler sweatshirt. Oh, it's camo. Okay. Which was... It was released by the NFL a couple of years ago. It was an uh, honorary thing for veterans. I remember. But I don't... I kind of don't... I'm a little nervous wearing it because Why? I don't want people to feel... I feel like I'm... I haven't earned the right to wear it or something like that. What do you mean earned the right? I don't know. It's, it's a military a thing. Kath, it's a All lifestyle. Right. It's a It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it is. Camo it's is a, a lifestyle. lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Speaking as the true, what the the in person hunter that you are. Well, I'm not a hunter, but you, I'm just you're saying. You sit on your lawn chair on when Saturday. I see guys and I go, "Look at that guy, man! He's rocking it." I mean, I like I like the look. It's up in his just tree stand. The formal wear element is silly. What if people like got married like in the camo, like up in their tree stand? Wouldn't that be cool? And you know, that's I, like an episode of Arrested Development. I like it. That's what that is. Well, the guys. Uh, anyway, I just think I think there's a big market for camo sportswear and camo wedding wear. <laughs> I love how you speak with such authority. I'm telling you, if I was investing, <laughs> I would get, invest. We need to pull up the music for John Hall Fashion Rules. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah. At some point in the future. Yeah, okay. We'll take a quick break. Come back. It's Tim Yulhoff joins us. I'm asking Tim Yulhoff if he'd wear it. He would never wear this. What about uh, graveside services where you talk about the resurrection? A lot of people would go, what? Who are not believers. That's next. WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I am your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. 
Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our busy schedules. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Now, Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Now, the first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, offer valid through June 30th. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. Considering a Christian education? Champion Christian School is partnering with this station to offer half off a year's tuition for first-time enrollees. For parents in the Uniontown area, Champion presents an outstanding public school alternative for pre-K through 12th grade students at their campuses in Donegal and Champion, featuring strong academics, certified teachers, and a developmental approach that helps every child reach their God-given potential. That's half off a year's tuition while it lasts at wordfm.com slash tuitions. So the graveside service, a very sacred place, is it not? What about people who are not believers and there is preaching about the resurrection at the graveside service? Well, Dr. Tim Muehlhoff is with us. Tim's a regular guest on our show. He's professor of communications at Biola University. His latest book is called Winsome Conviction, Disagreeing Without Dividing the Church. Tim, welcome back. Good to see you. Gosh, great to be back. What a great new look. Yeah, we're, and now we can see your face and talk to you, and all our listeners can or watchers. I don't know. Do we call them listeners anymore? And now they're viewers. I don't even know. Uh, I, I think they're watchers. I can't keep I up with. I can't keep up with the technology and the terminology, Tim. But we're glad to have you. Um, so first off, this is a real honor that someone has invested this type of confidence in you um, to speak at his dad's service. Um, but interesting that you're reading a book that's written by someone who isn't a believer about midlife. Why did you choose to do that? Well, I had heard about this book, and let me just say, it's a phenomenal book. It's called Midlife, A Philosophical Perspective, and it's an MIT philosopher. His name is Kieran Sitya, S-E-T-I-Y-A, and so it is, it is phenomenal. He does a couple things in the book that I think are just brilliant. Like the, One interesting thought exercise is, do you want to switch your life with another person? a person that you envy, but you have to take 
everything that is true of that person's life, you can't segment it. Right. So, so I have a good friend of mine who, who's a philosopher and has struggled his entire life with depression and, and crippling anxiety attacks. But I often look at his career and would want to just switch with his career. And what he's saying in this book is, but that's not the deal. The deal is you have to take his entire life. You can't just swap out the good parts for your good and bad parts. Right. And that's really, I, I, that has really encouraged me because I can't think of very many people besides you two <laughs> that I would switch. That I would switch. Right. Well, my see, the, life. I mean, the, Tim, the problem is, right? I mean, everybody's, you know, if you're looking at people's lives on Facebook, oh, it looks fabulous. But right. we don't yeah, know the undercurrents. Media, right, not? Cor- corrupts everything, right. right? Our understanding of everything. Yeah, like who wouldn't have taken Tiger Woods? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at that, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah, 15 years ago, you would have taken Tiger Woods. Or here's the one that woke me up, Ravi Zacharias. I mean, if you take my Mount Rushmore of apologists, yeah. Rabbi Zacharias was on that Mount Rushmore. Of course. And I so admired him. Um, but you, you just, so it causes you to evaluate your life and whether you're going to swap out with, any, with anybody. Mm-hmm. But then here's it. So here's an interesting thing. He then tackles the topic of death. Now, he has been very clear that he's not a religious person. So he said, I I think this is fascinating. He says, um, all of what I've been saying is, of course, changed if there is reincarnation or there's a heaven and a hell. He recognizes that this whole book would take on a completely different light, light, if there was life after death, be it inc- reincarnation or be it the Christian view of heaven or hell, he recognizes that that completely rearranges what I'm saying and would infuse your life with a totally different perspective. Huh. Okay. So, I, you, okay. So you read the book. What would that change about what he says? Well, th- so that's, so I'm just asking for your take on it. Yeah. Uh, well, his answer is so unsatisfying. In a brilliant book, his answer about how to approach death if there is no God is completely unsatisfying. I mean, I read it and read it to my wife, and we were both like, oh, I, so this is what he says. He would say, Kathy, were you bothered by the fact that before you were born, you didn't exist? Did that, did that bother you? You before you were born, you never existed. That didn't bother you at all, did it? No. I don't know. Okay. Right. okay. Well, come on, no. I don't know. Okay. I've never thought about it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything right. because, right, John, because you didn't exist. Right. This is no, what I he didn't said. think about it. Um, the MIT philosopher, Kath, <laughs> these, guys are, these guys are for real. Um, so now, why should it bother you that after your death, you will cease to exist. Oh, that's a totally that's a that's a obscenely different question. Kathy, is that not true? I was oh. a theater major, so I'm sure this guy is not bothered by me disagreeing with him. Right, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> okay, but it's because I've lived. Right. Yeah. Before, before I didn't have a wife, three kids, 
a successful modeling career. I did not have. What, Kathy, why? No, I'm why sorry. No, no, I was laughing about okay. something to yeah, completely because external. Because we're watching you now, Kathy. Yeah. I know. Now I you can't see. hide anything anymore, John. Your reaction. It's wide open. To me, to me, that is blatantly absurd. Okay, especially when you're standing at the graveside of people's loved ones. That, that this person is now going to miss, right. and they are going to miss him. So then I say to myself, but you know what? There is life after death. This isn't all there is. I'm going to stand in front of my Savior, and I'm going to hear the divine accolade, well done, thou good and faithful servant, but I'm still going to have to explain my life to Jesus. I think this is fascinating, of saying, this is the kind of life I lived. This is how I interacted with your love. This is how I was a good steward. And then this man was a, a great steward of his family. So to be able to say that and then know that he is really not present with us right now at the graveside, he's with mm -hmm. Jesus. Right. So midlife crisis takes on a totally different definition because he's saying midlife based on earthly life. So what is midlife of eternity? There is no midlife of eternity right. that we're going to spend forever with Jesus. And so I, that better start to infuse how I'm thinking about the mm -hmm. present. Then I'm going to stand in front of my Savior and he's going to say, okay, let me get this right. You are an author, a speaker, a professor at a Christian university. Um, you have a, a, a seminary degree, a master's. Okay, what did you do with this? What did you do with this in light of my kingdom? And, I, I, and again, we're not going to fail the test. That's the beautiful thing. Nobody's going to walk away, a Christian, walk away from the judgment seat of Christ having failed. But I think Jesus does this just to say, I, I, I want you to think about your life in light of my kingdom, not just in light of uh, what your ambitions have been. Hmm. That's good. So that question, not necessarily a graveside question, right? It's a first thing in the morning question. Yeah. Oh, John, I'm going to steal that. John, that is really good. He's an actor, too. You guys stick together. <laughs> I'm going to take that. Because guess what? Guess what, John? This is a quote right from his book. This is a quote where he says, call it the first rule for preventing a midlife crisis. You have to care about something other than yourself. If nothing mm -hmm. matters to you but your own well-being, if you are utterly self-obsessed, not much will make you happy. Mm -hmm. That made me think of Jesus saying, seek first the yep. kingdom of God, right. and I will add all these things. But Americans, we are trained right. to care about our relationship to the American dream, right. our relationship to bigger and better upward mobility. But in the end, I mean, what does it mean? I mean, I've got a friend, Tim, I've said this. He jokingly says, anyway, getting back to me, which that's who we, that's right. That's who we are. And, yeah. you know, the boogeyman, of course, is all that social media brouhaha. Mm -hmm. But man, I mean, we are so broken and so fallen. If there, if, if I didn't have Jesus in my life, then and if I didn't, just be a crazy and, and person. If, and if I didn't think that there really was a life after death, if there really wasn't a a concrete hope in the future, then I don't know how you would avoid existential despair. I truly don't know how you would do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Yes, but interestingly, Kathy, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of existentialists, Sartre, Camus, and they they still fought for purposes. Right. Yeah. Right, still, right. Sure. Yeah. Right. Right. But, so there's but, a way to drum it yeah, up. Yeah, okay, so there's a way to drum it up. I'm not, and again. Because now's important. But, but but I think it's important to say, by me saying that, I'm not saying that that's a, uh, I'm not making a universal dictum for all people, but I'm saying I know me for me, okay? Yeah. Knowing myself, knowing my thought patterns, knowing who I am, if I didn't have that, then I would be an existentialist. Right. Okay, so Tim, you're at the gravesite. You've been asked to give a eulogy at the gravesite. What are you going to say? Well, it's a week away, John. It's still a week away. Um, I'm going to read from Romans chapter 8. Okay. Where Paul says, um, we are, he says, we are more than conquerors. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting about Romans chapter 8 is when Paul wrote the letter to the church at Rome, Nero had just ascended to the throne as a young teenager treated as a god a roman god as emperor and later he's going to uh blame the economic collapse of rome on christians a fire happened there was economic hardship and he blames the christians so paul is literally preparing the church for hardship Mm -hmm. and yet he says but i tell you right now we are more than conquerors Mm -hmm. so I love the realism of the Bible that does not deny pain. It does not deny hardship. And it would be a mockery after having just gone through COVID to somehow say life isn't filled with unexpected pain and hardship and sorrow. But we know something that this gentleman is experiencing we know intellectually. We know we're more than conquerors. He's now experiencing it in a fullness that will escape all of us until one day that we join him. Amen. Yeah. And so for me, I love the, re- the Bible never says to you at a graveside, put on a happy face. Sure. It but it does do say, but it does say that all things work yeah. together for good at the end of the chapter. Right. I mean, yeah. that, isn't that in, in like, you know, and I, some people misunderstand when I use the word magic, but there's something magical about how God engineers our life circumstances. It's a mercy beyond what we can ever understand. Right? Is that all things will work together for good if we're if we love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen. And you know, tell me what you think about this. We're we're, we're brainstorming live on Facebook. So he said something to me when I left. He was in hospice and asked me to come. I was the interim teaching pastor of a church when they started coming, so they always thought of me as their pastor. So that's why they asked me to come to hospice. So he was there in the living room in a bed, hospital bed. And, and grabbed me and he said, he said, I listen to your sermon every day and your words make a difference to me. And I walked out of there and I literally said to my wife who was with me, boy, I need to think about that on a daily basis. Yep, my yep. words make, make a life difference. Or death, because I don't tend to think that they do, right? Of Unless it's my students and I'm forcing them to take notes on a lecture. Tim, we have to we have to cut you off for time purposes. I wish we could. Yeah, we have to. No. All right. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Tim, you're the best. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for you know poking the bear and uh, driving us into different ways of thought. Always appreciate it. Break a leg. Uh, I, can you say that at the graveside service? <laughs> no. Right. I don't think that's appropriate. All right, sorry. I don't think so. 
Jim Muehlhoff. Actors, they're unhinged. Uh, Winsome conviction, (laughs) disagreeing without dividing the church. Always a pleasure. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our busy schedules. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Now, Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Now, the first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. Congratulations, you did it. You worked hard and saved for retirement. But now you'll have questions. Will my taxes increase? How will I cover my expenses? Will my income last? Will I have anything left to leave to my loved ones? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. I know that you need a strategy to help make sure your hard-earned money goes the distance in retirement. That's why I'm offering you a free guide designed to help you know if your nest egg can withstand the challenges of a 21st century retirement. Longer lives, increasing health care costs, and taxes are just a few of the risks to your income. Get this free guide from me, Ethan Lane, and our team at Accurate Solutions Group by calling 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Take the first step to help your money last in retirement. 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. The Gerber baby. You know what you think of. The Gerber baby. You know. Well, listen, 2021's Gerber baby is a Florida infant with an infectious laugh and an inspiring story. Listen to this. The baby's name is Zane. And Zane's mother, Erin, is a breast cancer survivor. She was once unsure she'd be able to conceive naturally after she had undergone a double mastectomy, chemotherapy, and radiation. But to her doctor's surprise, she did conceive. And now four-month-old Zane is not only the winner of this year's Gerber photo search, and man, is he cute, right? But also, given a title, no other Gerber baby has had. Chief growing officer <laughs> Zane is you want to know what that means Why? listen to this he's going to serve as the official chief taste tester to taste and review new baby food products nice. he's going to provide the Gerber executive team advice about what babies need for the future hmm. he's also going to guest star as Gerber's CEO for a day where he will help make business decisions that foster every baby's growth nice. mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a new day I did not know there was a new Gerber baby every year there is you didn't know that? I didn't know that. Oh, I always look forward to See, seeing who the Gerber baby is. When you said in the beginning, the Gerber baby, I pictured, you know, of course you picture the little Gerber baby that's been around forever. Right. So this is Zane. That baby's gone? Well, that baby's now like 50. 
Well, she is always going to be the Gerber baby. The Gerber baby. Well, no, you're not always the Gerber baby because once you're not a baby anymore, you're not the Gerber well, baby. Now Zane's the Gerber baby. I bet you that image of the Gerber baby in my mind is probably from like the 1930s. Right. Okay, so what? That person's 70 now, 80, Maybe. 90. Yeah. My math is very good. The fact that I started with 70 and ended up with 90. All right, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Oh, the first Gerber baby who won the contest in 1928. Anne is 94 years old. And still alive. Ann Turner Cook. Fabulous. Okay, that's the Gerber baby. All right, she'll always be the Gerber baby. I thought it was a boy. We'll come back in a few minutes. We're going to talk uh, charts and graphs. Southern Baptist Convention, that dust up. Back in a few WORD-FM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Five days after a beach condo collapse, Miami-Dade Fire Chief Rescue Assistant Chief Ray Janela says it's not Time to wind down the search and rescue operation in Surfside, Florida. There's a misunderstanding in regarding that everyone believes that the, the search and rescue operation should uh, cease after a specific time, and, and that's far from the truth. In the end, there's numerous variables and facts. It's not based on opinions. It's not based on time. It's not based on you know a specific area you just happen to see on TV that went down. It's based on variables and facts. Ten bodies have been recovered. 151 people remain missing. Officials continue to stress that there will be a thorough investigation as to what caused the collapse late last week, although it may take time. On Wall Street, stocks remain mixed. The Dow is down 187 points. The Nasdaq ahead 120. This is SRN News. Procrastinators, this commercial is for you. And don't worry, it will air tomorrow as well in case that's better for you. We all procrastinate at some things, right? For me, it's letting my crazy grass grow. But when it comes to procrastinating, there's always a light bulb moment where we finally realize I've waited too long. Like when the squirrels in my yard disappear other than their tails. It's Ryan. And last year, mortgage rates dropped to historic lows. Then they went up a bit. But as of late, they've dropped back down, which means that many homeowners could still refinance today and save significant monthly and lifelong money. At United Faith Mortgage, we're not really fans of saying, act now. You don't need another company yelling at you. But if you're the procrastinator who feels like they've waited too long, you should know that it may not be too late. Know that we'll do most of the work and that it'd be our honor to help at United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? Well, that's about to change thanks to a new initiative from Autism Speaks. Lee Container, the J. Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund and Delivering Jobs that seeks to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Lee Container is a family-owned business that has found success by staying true to the golden rule. Treat others as you would want to be treated. There are hundreds of thousands of people with autism and people with intellectual or developmental differences who are ready and willing to work in our communities. Our coalition is committed to hiring an inclusive workforce, providing training for hiring professionals, and providing guidelines for all employees. Together, we can create a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. 
Will you join us? We are inviting other businesses, institutions, and community leaders to join in. To learn more, please visit autismspeaks.org slash employment. Think you can't afford a quality Christian education? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler is partnering with this station to offer half off your first year's tuition. Since 1981, First Baptist Christian School has prepared pre-K through 12th grade students to glorify God in whatever direction they take in life through strong academics, Bible-based curriculum, and caring, qualified teachers, giving Butler area families an affordable education that supports their values. Get half off a year's tuition now at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Having your own home is awesome, but it's also a lot of work. The good news, finding help for your projects is easier than ever. Introducing Angie, the app that puts all your home care needs at your fingertips. Need a pro to fix that emergency leak? Maybe find someone to build a deck or even set your seasonal tasks on autopilot. Angie can handle all that and more. Expert pros, hundreds of home projects, clear pricing, and the easiest way to book and pay in seconds. This is Angie, your home for everything home. Download the app today. Tonight we'll see partly cloudy skies. It will be humid with a nighttime low of 71. Becoming cloudy, hot, and humid tomorrow with a thunderstorm in one or two spots of the afternoon. We'll see a high tomorrow of 90. A thunderstorm in spots tomorrow evening. Otherwise, partly cloudy skies and humid, low 71. Wednesday will be cloudy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. It'll remain humid with a high of 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. It is a hot one out there. Holy smokes. I hope that uh, you got the AC cranked if you got the AC, and uh, if you don't, you can go to the pool. That's right. <laughs> or go to work, and hopefully that they have AC yeah. and can rescue you. Right. That's what John and I do. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the New York Times today posted two interesting articles, John, uh, about abortion. Uh, one being something that our friend Dr. Charlie Camosi from Fordham University has talked about regularly, which is that most Americans oppose abortion after the first trimester. Right. So this is a, um, a survey from the good people at Pew. And, and this is, uh, quite honestly, I was heartened, although I was surprised to hear this, right? Mm-hmm. Strong majorities of Americans believe that abortion should be illegal in all or most cases in the second and third trimesters of pregnancy, according to the uh, Pew Research um, poll. AP and the uh, University of Chicago released the findings of a poll of American opinions on abortion in a report uh, that was published last week. Uh, so 57% of Americans believe that abortion in general should be legal in all or most cases. Uh, while 61% of respondents said abortion should be legal in all or most circumstances during the first trimester. 61%, okay. 34% said the same for the second trimester, and 19% said for the third trimester. Okay, so the majority, so just in case you had a hard time following that, 61% uh, of Americans who responded to that poll said that abortion should only be legal in the first trimester. Right. And then 34% second, mm-hmm. 19% third. What are they thinking? Right. I mean, what are people thinking, just in general? 
Well, what's interesting about the numbers, though, is that if you would follow what we read in social media or see what we see on news sites and that sort of thing, you would never think that's the case. You would think that like 90 percent of Americans think that abortion should be legal, like up to the point of right. delivery. Yeah, I agree. Right. It yeah, just right. it seems like, you know, the 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 culture makers in America right now are, right, are amplifying this and and amplifying it such that we think that the average person. Person is amplifying it, it that that's the average person's opinion right. when in reality that's not the case the average person in america 61 percent of them are saying no 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 if we were going to restrict abortion we would restrict it to first trimester only now if you ask the culture makers and i'm using i guess i should put Whoever that in that air be. quotes yeah. but what they think they would be the ones that would be yeah. you know saying okay well let's go all let's the way up go. until the time of delivery a woman should be able to do whatever she wants to do with no restriction whatsoever which makes and, you but f- they have the loud voices but doesn't it make you feel when i read that i go okay so people aren't we're not as crazy as right. we, you, exactly. you think you are because we're always listening to the loud voices right right i mean it does it gives you some sort of hope for america right so speaking of loud voices, there's also an opinion piece in today's Times by Gary Wills. Um, he's the author of more than 50 books, apparently, on Catholicism, the history of Christianity, and American history and politics. I don't know Gary Wills. Um, but he wrote a piece on um, – on it's called The Bishops Are Wrong About Biden and Abortion. And basically the essence of the, of the opinion piece is that the Bible doesn't say anything about abortion. Well, of course it does. That's what he says. Now, I mean, I'm telling you, that's what, that's what Gary Will says. Okay, he also says this. He says, um, no one told Dante that abortion was the worst crime, or he would have put abortionists, not Judas, in the deepest frozen depths of his inferno. But in fact, he does not put abortionists anywhere in the eight fiery tears above the deepest one of his hell. This is not a singular omission, he goes on to say. No one told Matthew or Mark or Luke or John or Paul or any other – it is a ridiculous argument – or other any other New Testament Come author on. that he should condemn this sin of all sins. This guy's a believer? Nor did, right, nor did any author of the Old Testament raise this alarm with the result that we do not have Moses or Jesus on record as opposing abortion. Come on. Nor did any of the major definitive creeds. Okay. So, I, I you know, I so certainly – So as good as I was feeling about, you know – Right. That to poll, then you read stuff like that from a believer, apparently. The guy's a believer. Yeah, and, and the thing that is sad the thing sense. that is sad about this is that Gary Wills is obviously looking at the Bible and saying, I don't see the word abortion, therefore the Bible doesn't speak about it. Right. It's it's like I don't it's I don't see the silly. It's a silly I don't argument. I don't see the word shoplifting. It's disingenuous. And so therefore Nobody in the Bible cares about shoplifting, right? Uh, that That's absolutely not the case. If you study a book, any book, but if you study a book like the Bible, what you're looking for are overall themes. You're looking for its overall teaching, right? That's why people immerse themselves in it for an entire lifetime because of the wisdom that's in it, trying to figure out what the Bible would say to specific yeah, well, specific instances like – How about thou shalt not Im- kill? Immigration, right. How about thou shalt not kill? But like specific yeah, things well, like immigration or whatever – or shoplifting. The, the, how about thou shalt not steal? The, the example I used before. Okay, but that's the thing. So because there's no shoplifting, he's saying that shoplifting doesn't matter, not taking into account what it says, do not steal. <laughs> Same thing, abortion's never mentioned, well, so therefore it doesn't ridiculous. count, not taking into uh, consideration what it says about do not kill. Anyway, the, the, um, the opinion piece goes on and on. Um, he says this new cult of the fetus 
was not observed in the long what? history of the bishop's own church. Right? He's talking Wait, about the cult of the. Fetus. That's what he. That's I'm telling you. I'm reading it right here. Okay. I'm reading it right here. Um, the cult so, of life. Yeah. Anyway, so he concludes by saying the Catholic Church no longer claims that opposition to abortion is scriptural. Okay, it's not a religious issue. It's called a matter of natural law, which should be discernible by natural reason. Now, I'm not a Catholic scholar, so I can't really comment Sorry. on that. I can't. This man is a Catholic, and this anyway. He says, in conclusion, uh, President, uh, this of course does not affect the American bishops because they hate this pope and this president anyway. So he's saying that the American bishops are the ones that are going to come down hard on uh, President Joe Biden. The Pope wouldn't because the Pope is a lib like Biden, and so they'd come be on the same on. side. I'm see, just telling you what's out there today. There's all those layers of, We you read know, this so you don't have to. Well. Actually, I would really encourage you to read it because I'm not, you know, my uh, summation of this is not a, uh, I hope I'm being fair to Gary Wills, Emeritus Professor of History at Northwestern, um, when I say this, but I just, I feel as if his perspective on this is uh, flawed. Shallow. Shallow, to say the least. That's all. Okay, so you were excited about the first uh, Times yeah, article, right. and now you're mad about you think, the second Well, people one. aren't crazy, and you know, people see the, the sanctity of life. Okay, but maybe it's important for us, though, to see things that we see as clear, scriptural mandates, are things that a lot of people don't. A lot of people say, you know, I'm looking for... Uh, a specific word. I'm looking for a verse that I can point to. And well, if I don't see that picking. word, I'm just saying that there are a lot of people that are like this. If I don't see that word and I can't point to that verse, then therefore I can do X. No, well, then that just. But it misses the spirit of it. It's right? ridiculous. It's intellectually lazy, spiritually lazy. It just, you know, that's a foolish way to read the Bible. Sorry. But I think that it's a common way to read. Well, I feel the bad Bible. for you. And you should read more and go deeper into the commentaries. And the Bible study and be in small groups. That's all. Well, all right. That's the opening to this five o'clock hour of the ride home. Okay. John Hall has some particular perspectives on it. We're going to take a break. When we come, first of all, we're glad you're with us. We'd love for you to watch the show. Join us on Facebook, 101.5 Word FM, or the ride home with Johnny Kathy. You can watch the show unfold coming up next the Southern Baptist Convention, the aftermath. 101.5 WORD. And they lived happily ever after. Ever wonder if they did? <laughs> well, marriage is not a fairy tale. It's a great adventure. That's why Family Life Today wants to give you their Love You Better plan. 30 days to love your spouse better. You'll also be entered to win a Family Life Love Like You Mean It marriage cruise with money to cover additional expenses. Enter today and every day. Go to wordfm.com slash love. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our busy schedules. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Now, Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Now, the first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. 
There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. G'day, mate. As an Australian, I'm a croc expert. Crikey, get him away from me. I mean crocs like the footwear. And as a croc expert, I have to say, I like foamies from Skechers bloody better. Because foamies have that stylish, trendy look, plus Skechers world-famous comfort. All for a price that's down under the competition. Skechers is a comfort technology company, and foamies have comfort innovations your whole family will love. Foamies are ultra-lightweight, water-friendly footwear that are flexible and breathable. Perfect for kicking it by the pool, grilling on the barbie. Or comfy enough to go on a walkabout. Plus, only foamies come with fits and features like ArchFit with podiatrist-certified support. And max cushioning that feels like you're walking on big, puffy marshmallows. And foamies are perfect to keep you cool this summer or warm in the winter. Which is great because it's actually winter in Australia right now. Good on your Skechers. So get yourself some machine-washable foamies by Skechers and don't get bit by Crocs. He's a mean fella. Find foamies at Skechers.com, a Skechers store, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees, like Walnut Grove Christian School in West Mifflin, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Graphs and charts. We go to Dr. Ryan Burge. Dr. Burge is assistant professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University. He's been a regular guest on our show. And Ryan, welcome back. Hey, Johnny, Kathy, glad to be with you. Yeah, good to see you, Ryan. we're good to see you. So we're back in studio, Ryan, and you're still in the expansive library. Uh, of my spare bedroom. Yes, okay, it's good. I like it. I mean, it might be an artificial background, but it's one I still like. Thank you. Okay. Um, so, Ryan, the Southern Baptist Convention wrapped up the week before last. Um, and the reason we're talking about it for you know our listeners in Pittsburgh who think, well, we're, I'm not Southern and I'm not Baptist. So why do you keep bringing this up? Simply because it's the largest uh, American Protestant denomination. So how the SBC goes gives us an idea of how American Protestantism goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Ryan, I know these are the kinds of things that you study. So um, now we're in aftermath territory. Uh, I'm sure you've got all your charts and graphs all that stuff that you geek out on. Um, so tell us what we need to know in reflecting on the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, 14.1 million people are Southern Baptist. If it was a state, it'd be the fifth largest state in America. No wow. the same size. that? Wow. Yeah, just a little bit smaller than the state of Pennsylvania. So we're talking about a lot of people. We're talking about a lot of people. Wow. For comparison, United Methodists are the second largest, and they're only 6.5 million people. Wow, wow. Really? Yes. Episcopalians are 1.5 million. So when we're talking about large, we're talking about orders of magnitude larger than any other denomination in America. So 14.1 million people, over 40,000 Southern Baptist churches across America. So, I mean, they're all over the place, predominantly in the South. But what's crazy about that is there's about about 15,000 people voted at the convention, at the annual meeting in Nashville two weeks ago. The winner of the presidency of the SBC won by a total of 558 votes. Wow. Out of 14 million people, 558 votes, gave it to, to Ed Litton over Mike Stone and really kind of told us what the direction of the SBC was going for the next couple of years. Wow. I, okay, I knew it was close. I did not know it was that close. Less than 600 votes. That's amazing. So yeah. what does this mean then? The direction is what, Ryan? 
contentious is, is the direction they're going in right now. So 52-48, right? Incredibly close election. Litton was seen as the liberal, which I put in air quotes because he's not really liberal. He's liberal compared to other Southern Baptists, but not to the average American. He's definitely conservative, but he beat Mike Stone, which is ultra conservative. Mike Stone is about as far right as you can get in, in mainstream ba- Southern Baptists. But there's already discussions going on amongst the people who lost that the count was irregular. There were some shenanigans going on. Wait, we've heard, wait I've heard this before. Yeah, it's almost like they're taking the playbook from the Republican Party and using it at the Southern Baptist Convention. And they're already talking about reloading and re-equipping and getting ready for the vote because it's a two-year term. So in two years, we'll have a chance to vote for another president. I would not be surprised at all if they really reload in a serious way and there's a much bigger fight in two years on who the president will be at the SBC. Interesting. Now, wait, no, Ryan, while the Southern Baptist Convention was going on, while, you know, the actual gathering, I read somewhere something ridiculous that they voted by paper, like paper ballot, to take a 10-minute break. So there were like, you know, 13,000 people in this convention and they all had to write on a piece of paper, I'm ready to break. I mean – the Southern Baptists are the most radical form of democracy that exists at that <laughs> level anywhere. I'm dead serious. And anywhere in America, because at one convention in the 1980s, they had 45,000 messengers show up at one convention wow. in Dallas. And, and everyone gets a vote in that convention. And every person there gets the chance to go to the floor, go to the microphone, and ask for a resolution to be added to the platform. So it is radically democratic. There's not a hierarchy like you would see like in the Catholic Church or the United Methodist Church, everyone there gets the same and equal voice as the president. It's really sort of insane when you think about how it even functions that way, but it does every year. It's fascinating. Wow. Ryan Burge is with us. Um, We're talking about the Southern Baptist Convention, which wrapped up the week before last, America's largest Protestant denomination. With how many million people? 14.1 million. If it was a state, it would be the what? Fifth largest state in America. Just less than Pennsylvania. Get out of here. Okay. So, of course, the big news, as you mentioned, was that Ed Litton was elected president by the barest of margins uh, over Mike Stone. Now, okay, so this is very similar, of course, to the American uh, presidential election that was also very close. Um, Is this speaking the same message to us about the division in America, ideologically speaking? So I think the the biggest question is what is the conservative movement in America going to do over the next two, three, five years, right? And especially what's the Republican Party going to do? Is it the party of Trump, right? Or is it the party of sort of establishment Republicans, let's say George W. Bush or his father even before him, more moderate Republicans, more centrist Republicans? And this vote was seen by a lot of people as being indicative of the idea, are we going towards the ultra-right Trump direction for the Southern Baptist Convention? Are we going more towards the moderate side? In this specific case, it looks like the moderates have won, but when it comes to the larger political atmosphere that we're in, it clearly looks like the Trump wing of the Republican Party is calling the shots right now and making all the moves. So you have to believe that what's happening at the Republican Party is also seeping down into the Southern Baptist Convention. And this might be the last time the SBC actually elects sort of an establishment conservative and not a far right conservative, which tells you a lot about where American evangelicalism is going at the same time. OK, but how can you tell which way it's going, I guess, is 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 my question, because, you know, Ed Litton was nominated by Fred Luter, the first and only black pastor to serve as president of the SBC. Um, there were a ton of people there who were. Uh, representing a um, looking for a more full-throated um, 
advocacy of both black and white serving together in the SBC. So to me, that looks like that's a groundswell. Do you, I mean, how, as I, I guess, as I started saying, how do you know which way this arrow's going? You know, what, what's, which side's getting momentum? So a guy like Mike Stone would have never gotten even 10% of the vote at the SBC, even five or 10 years ago. Really? For how, yeah, absolutely. For how conservative he was compared to the other candidates. I mean, the SBC has consistently elected sort of moderates. If you look back over their history, even J.D. Greer before, before Lytton was also very moderate. If you go even go back farther, it's even more moderates, right? So to even the fact that Stone got 48% of the oh, vote okay. from the messengers tells you a lot about who is it, who is on fire right now. And it seems like the ultra conservatives across America, but also in the SBC, are the most engaged, most encouraged, most inspired, most equipped, most organized faction of American life right now. And they're trying to exert their will, rightly or wrongly, on the SBC and the American public. That's fascinating. Okay, so then when you look at just American culture as a whole, right? I mean, look at how far liberal things are in this world today, in America. And then there's the SBC, which you're saying, Ryan, is conservative, and then even even further conservative. So there is some sort of enveloping or perhaps a coming explosion between these two forces in some way. Oh, I think that religious polarization is the most uncovered, undercovered story by the media, by academics, by everyone else. We always talk about Republicans and Democrats. Democrats have become much more liberal. Republicans have become much more conservative. When religion, we're seeing the same thing. We're seeing a whole bunch of the secular left, which is growing very rapidly now. Young people, over 40% of young people have no religious affiliation, right? So that's growing rapidly. But at the same time, the share of Americans who said they're born again has never been higher than it is right now. 41% of Americans say they're born again. So what we're seeing is really the middle of American religion, which I call like polite mainline Christianity, you know, moderate Catholics. Those people are dwindling by the day, by the hour, it seems like. It used to be 55% of Americans were in the middle of the religious spectrum, you know, not evangelicals, but not secular. And now it's only 35%, and it's going to decline from there. So now people feel like they have to pick a side when it comes to politics. But people feel like they have to pick a side when it comes to religion, too, and that makes it so difficult to work in a democracy where compromise is essential to getting things done. Wow, that is that is really fascinating, Ryan. I don't know whether to be encouraged by that or discouraged by it. Um, Okay, let me let me bring up Al Mohler, because Al Mohler came in a distant third in the nomination uh, in the election for president of the SBC. Uh, So. Tell me who you think Al Mohler represents and what what that kind of what what him not making it into the top two, what that tells us about the trajectory. Yes, yeah, so Al Mohler is one of these traditional figures in Southern Baptist. He's got one of the biggest – he's probably the biggest celebrity in the Southern Baptist Convention, if that's a thing. Dates back 30 years doing a lot of good work for the SBC. You know what his undoing was? In 2016, he said he was not going to vote for Donald Trump. He publicly came out and said he just could not vote. He voted for third party in 2016, and then in 2020 he came around and said, no, I'm going to vote for Trump in 2020. I think the flip-flopping is what a lot of people don't like anymore. You're either with us or you're against us, but you can't be both or neither at the same time, right? I think that was his great undoing. The conservatives didn't like him because he flip-flopped, and the liberals or the moderates didn't like him because he flip-flopped too. The poor guy is – I mean he should have been the president. He would have been a great president going forward this moment because he's right of center but not too far right. But unfortunately, the the moderates went to Lytton. The conservatives went to Stone, and there was no one left in the middle to mm. vote for him, which tells you a lot about where we are as a society, right? Like changing your mind is a bad thing now, which is not where we should be. Right, no compromise. Okay, Ryan, so you said a, a while ago this term, is it a two-year term? Yes, it's a two-year term, correct. Yep. 
All right. So we'll see a sea change perhaps in two more years, right? I mean, two years doesn't seem like there's enough time to get things done. No, two two years is a very short term. You can go, you can run for re-election, but almost no, no one ever does because I think they realize how much work the job is, and no one wants that headache and aggravation for more than two years. Right. But there's going to be a fight again in two years. Next year they're in Anaheim. It doesn't seem to be like a high pressure convention. Anaheim, they can go to Disneyland. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But listen, there's no Southern Baptist in Southern California, really. I'm sure. They're concentrated in you know, Mississippi, Alabama, place like that. The one after that is where I really see the fireworks kicking up, and we're going to see this fight happen all over again. Right. Okay, one last question for you, Ryan. You mentioned the fact that Al Mohler kind of did himself in by changing his mind when it came to supporting Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020. Okay, but like, look at how easy, look at how we're talking about conflating American politics and America's largest Protestant denomination. I mean, what happened to, you know, the separation of church and state? What happened to, um, I don't know, what happened to just different attitudes or lines of thought or different bits of decorum when it comes to how people deal with their private political views and how they deal with you know the people that they worship with every Sunday. Yeah, religion has become politics and politics has become religion for a lot of people, right? They've sort of melded together where to vote for the other party is not to just be different, but to be evil, to be wrong. Think about this stat. In the, in 2008, 50% of white Southern Baptists were Republicans. That's the same share as white United Methodists, 50%. In the last 10 years, now it's 70% of white Southern Baptists are Republicans. So to be a Republican in the SBC is or to be a to be a white member of the SBC is to be a Republican, right? It's almost like they've driven out anybody else who disagrees with them on anything else, and they're constantly trying to purify themselves. Mike Stone was seeing more of that purification thing. Litton is trying to make a bigger tent. Wow. Right. It really tells us what's going on with the future, well, of America, I, especially white Christianity. Right. So I, I can't tell you how um, I don't want to say foreign because I get it. And, I, and maybe perhaps I get it because we spend so much time immersed in news here. John and I do, Ryan. But that is just not what we see here in Pittsburgh in the church. That's not how people respond to one another. That's not what the general conversation is. You think, John? No, I don't think so at all. It's not it's not our ball game. Yeah, I think it's a suburban versus rural kind of divide that happens i mean people people who live in the suburbs or live in big cities don't understand what's happened in rural america in the last 20 years which is where the southern baptist churches are located a lot of so the county i grew up in marion county illinois 38,000 people 51 48 and 2000 bush got 51 gore got 48 toss up county right last election cycle trump got 75 biden got 25 whoa interesting i mean that's in my that's in my adult life. Twenty years, it's it's shifted from being a fifty fifty county to being an overwhelmingly Republican county, and that filters through the churches. It filters into the churches. They're not immune to this change. So rural Christianity, especially white Christianity, is overwhelmingly conservative. You cannot be as conservative as they want you to be in a lot of rural areas. It's only I saw a meme on Easter Sunday that said there's there's exponentially more evidence that Jesus rose from the dead than that Joe Biden legitimately won the twenty twenty presidential election. And there were people sharing that like crazy. Interesting. Just, oh, yeah. my gosh. Ryan, Ryan you're always fascinating. Just, uh, listen, if people want to you know, connect with you, where do they find you on the web? Uh, at Ryan Burge, R-Y-A-N-B-U-R-G-E on Twitter is where all things happen, RyanBurge.net. Uh, I have a book called The Nuns that just came out in March, and I have a new book coming out next March called 20 Myths About Religion and Politics in America through Fortress Press, so March of 2021. Sure. We can't wait. All right, Ryan, it's been a ton of fun and a little disturbing to talk to you today. Thank you so much. <laughs> My favorite combination. Thanks, guys. Very good. We'll take a quick break, come back. We've got much more ahead. When we do come back, does this make sense? That's next on the ride home. Well, shockingly, 
And with great celebration and fanfare, another year in college has come to a close. Grove City College has weathered the storm. And unlike a lot of colleges, Grove City was committed to meeting and teaching in person. Now, of course, in this COVID era, nothing was perfect. And there were illnesses and incidences. And it was a bumpy ride. But the thousands and thousands of students at Grove City College, they made it through. So with some foresight and some wisdom, Grove City continues to meet in person. And Kath and I had students on campus at Grove City. We're proud to say our kids are Grovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, for any parent of any college student or high school student in particular, I mean, anybody, a parent of any age child over the last year and a half, boy, it has been a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I can speak as a parent, as John said, of, of a Grove City student. And I just think, you know, when, when things are as topsy-turvy as they have been, and there's so much uncertainty, it is really a comfort to see that there's an organization that is so well organized, so well run, and the decisions they're making, they're doing their best that they would be godly ones. And so as a parent, all I can say is it's been a great ride in spite of COVID and the semester is almost over. GCC.edu online. At the Original Mattress Factory, we pride ourselves on offering something for nearly everyone. But there are a few things you just won't find at OMF. You won't find the big holiday weekend sales or high-pressure sales tactics. And you won't find the flashy gimmicks that don't actually offer any benefits. What you will find is our lowest and best price for everyone, every day. You'll find a helpful, no-pressure sales approach and products that were thoughtfully designed with you in mind. Visit a location near you to see what the Original Mattress Factory difference is all about. This is Greg Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. We believe that you shouldn't have to spend your holiday at a mattress store in order to get a good deal. That's why we offer our lowest and best price to everyone, every day. All Original Mattress Factory stores will be closed this Sunday, July 4th, so feel free to spend time with family and friends. You can rest assured that you will always receive our best price and a great value, whether it's a holiday or not. Happy Independence Day from all of us at the Original Mattress Factory. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight we'll see partly cloudy skies. It will be humid with a nighttime low of 71. Becoming cloudy, hot, and humid tomorrow with a thunderstorm in one or two spots of the afternoon. We'll see a high tomorrow of 90. A thunderstorm in spots tomorrow evening. Otherwise, partly cloudy skies and humid, low 71. Wednesday will be cloudy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. It'll remain humid with a high of 85. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. make sense does what make sense cheap window fan now i say this as someone that doesn't have whole house air conditioning in fact i don't have any air conditioning at all i'm asking this of a person who does not have air conditioning of any kind 
you can go to your Rite Aid, your CVS, your Home Depot. You can spend, what, $9.99 and get a window fan. Does that make sense? No. doesn't make any sense at all. None. The key word there is cheap. If you're going to do something like that, you want something with some draw on it, right? You want an engine. But I get the, the concept. You're sucking the hot air out of the room mm-hmm. and allowing fresh air, cleaner air, hopefully maybe cooler air, if that's a possibility, to come in. It's a good concept, but I'm not quite sure it works. Mm-hmm. Are you invested in that? Absolutely not. Listen, I got to tell you. Doesn't make sense. If you're like us and you don't have air conditioning, you can't fool around. Okay, mm. we need to get to the heart of the matter, and that's big engine. Big engine. Okay? Right. Look, if you want to live through it, you need something with heft, uh-huh. muscle. Yeah. Okay? If you put that in your window, it needs to absolutely make it happen. What you really need, though, is air conditioning. (laughs) That's what you need, okay? Okay, You know, most of the time, we're good to go, but there are these moments where you go, man. Yeah, like today, yesterday and tomorrow. A lot of moments. All right. Does this make sense? Mm. Was at a uh, a gathering over the weekend, Mm. and, uh, (laughs) okay, I'm going to go there, and having a lovely time. (laughs) Yeah. A young person comes up to me, and I'm having a conversation, and I've known this person, but I haven't seen them for a while. All of a sudden, there's an eyebrow stud. There's some nose thing happening mm. here. There's something on the tongue. I love this person. And there's more metal in there than there is, like, in a 44 Ford. And I'm going, what is going on there? What statement are you making about all this stuff that's hanging off your beautiful little face. And I don't want to age myself tremendously, but I yeah. just don't get it. Yeah. I had a friend who used to say, if I'm ever in a fight with somebody and they've got metal in their face, I'm grabbing that first because then they're going to start to bleed. And once there's sure. blood, they're going to back down. That was just his strategy. So I'm talking, I'm thinking about so is that. This, is this your life philosophy? <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, oh, it shapes you? I don't find the beauty in there. Uh-uh. I just don't no, find the beauty lot. in it. It's a lot. There's a lot of shock value, but what, where is there beauty in that metal thing that's hanging off and going this way, every which way? But I don't get it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I have to say, I mean, as old as that sounds, I'm with you. All right. 101.5 WORD. There are three ways of dealing with the Bible, especially when you come to a passage that you don't quite agree with or understand. The first tactic is to pick and choose what you want to believe. The second is to remain ignorant of what the Bible has to say at all. The third is to dig into the Word and try to understand all of it, whether or not you like what it has to say. Well, if you fall into that last category or would like to, please join us this week on Through the Bible Radio. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. It may sound a little corny, but it really is the good old summertime at the Springhouse in 84. The sun is shining, the cows are out on the pasture, the sweet corn is almost ready, the Springhouse produce tables are filled with freshly picked vegetables, and we're up to our elbows in ice cream. And you know what? That all makes the Springhouse a very fun place to be. Why not jump in the car right now for a country drive to 84? Come for homemade lunch or supper or just to eat ice cream and enjoy sweet country air. 
Be sure to take home our famous chocolate milk and baked goods. Don't forget that. We're just four miles east of Washington on Route 136, and it doesn't take long to get to us. Call 228-3339 for more directions to the Spring House in 84. Think you can't afford a quality Christian education? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler is partnering with this station to offer half off your first year's tuition. Since 1981, First Baptist Christian School has prepared pre-K through 12th grade students to glorify God in whatever direction they take in life through strong academics, Bible-based curriculum, and caring, qualified teachers, giving Butler-area families an affordable education that supports their values. Get half off a year's tuition now at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. I'm Pastor Tom Hall. Did you know that First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, is the oldest anything in Pittsburgh? Older than any newspaper, school, or business. Join us Sundays in person at 1045 a.m. Hear the timeless good news of Jesus Christ. We'll be social distancing and keeping everyone safe, so let us know you're coming at fpcp.org. Signs, signs, everywhere the signs. Now, of course, if you, you walk around your neighborhood, you've seen the signs, right? The neighborhood signs? Yeah, right? They're everywhere. I believe in science. Yeah. That's the one. We, I believe in, there's like 11 things in, in science. This house, one of them. In, in this, this house, house, we believe. Well, Jason Sharon is with us. Jason is a regular guest on our show. He is uh, the father at the Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, PA. Jason, welcome back. How are you, friend? Glory to God. Wonderful to hear both your voices. And you as well. Yeah, good to hear you too, Jason. Do you have, I ask you now, a sign in your front yard? (laughs) The only sign we have in our front yard is the life-giving cross of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ. That's quite the sign, right? Yeah, that's a pretty good sign. It's a sign of God's eternal love for us. All right, so what do you think about the other signs? Um. Well, they can be uh, they can be roadblocks, or they can be uh, aids to get to His kingdom, and that's what we wanted to talk about. Some signs are good, some signs are bad, and how do we know the difference? Yeah. Okay. okay. So then, roadblocks. I'm I'm curious. What do you? Why would you consider that a roadblock? Those signs. Well, because it, it would misdirect us. You know, I shouldn't really say a roadblock. I should say. Uh, uh, an obstruction of sorts, a detour, you know. And uh, God made us to know Him, to love Him, and to serve Him, to be eternally happy with Him uh, in in the life to come. And uh, He gives us signs, you know, breadcrumbs in this world uh, to to make that uh, possible. And uh, you know, the Bible has many signs, and uh, throughout Christian history, uh, there are many signs. And these things are uh reminders of of his of his uh love and his goodwill towards us you know one of which is marriage um the the way that you know the the body of a man the body of a woman beautifully wonderfully made um you know by looking at that sign of our body you know we are reminded of the reality which is you know Christ and his death 
for his bride, the church. You know, so uh, the, the the obvious physical aspect of a of a man and woman's body and the procreative part of it is wonderful, but it doesn't stop there. You know, it uh, it points beyond itself to the reality, which is God's self-emptying love for his bride, and she conceives and she gives birth to children. You know, like. John, the, the apostle at the cross of Christ, you know, Jesus says, you know, woman, behold your son. Um, uh, so that's, that's one of the aspects of, of, uh, of, of signs, is that, you know, the, the man and the woman, their covenantal love is a sign of Christ's love for the Church. And we've forgotten that in the past, uh, I think since the Enlightenment, we've come to focus on the physical and the scientific aspect of uh, bodily union. Uh, and we've we've forgotten the deeper spiritual sign involved in it. Hmm. So those signs, though, Jason, those you know ubiquitous uh, signs in people's yards, specifically though, um, they're not doing harm. Do you consider that harmful that people are saying, "I believe this," right? So this person who lives in this house, in this house, we believe, and then you know they have their litany of things, right? I mean, on face value, is there a problem with that? Well, uh, no. I mean, the uh, I'm, I'm glad that someone has convictions. I mean, that's uh, you know that, that's a good starting point. But uh, everyone has things they believe in. The question is, you know, do you believe in what is true and good, or do you believe in a substitute for what's true and good? Um, that's the question. And I think a lot of those signs, uh, they're just um, uh, they're obstructions. They don't really get to the heart of it. Uh, what, what does it mean when they say love is love? You know, because for, for the Christian, love means I'm going to will the ultimate good for another, even at my own expense, you know? And so when they say on the sign love is love, do they mean that? Or do they mean I have a, a sentimental, emotional, effective feeling for you? Right. Well, I believe it's a political statement. Don't you believe it is? Love is love. They're saying, you know, uh, and of course, you know, whether you agree with this or not, uh, if you're uh, gay or bi or lesbian or whatnot, that love is love regardless of your sexual orientation. I believe that's the point. Yeah, I believe that's the point, too. But but uh, ultimately, I think that that type of love is not uh, fulfilling. The very thing it seeks to, to have is the very thing that it misses, you know, that ultimacy, the meaning, the beauty. And uh, it's not fulfilling because, you know, the parts don't fit and... The other aspect of it is simply that, you know, we are made to imitate God, and that means to give life, you know, to give life and to receive life. And uh, obviously that, that cannot happen in, in the homosexual activity, um, and that's why ultimately it's not, it's not fulfilling. Um, but uh, the other aspect of sign is, is that it, I mean, it's not just about the bodies, but it's also about our, our vocation, like if there are any clergy listening, you know, the, the very fact that... Uh, you're a clergyman, you know, that's a sign. It, you know, it doesn't stop with you. People look at you and your life is a sign. It reminds people of the radical nature of God's kingdom. You know, that a man is willing to for, forsake everything in this life for God's kingdom itself. And that's a, that's a radical sign. People look at it and they pause and they stop and they think, hey, I've got to orient myself towards God. Um, but I think we're, we're living in a time when, you know, those signs are losing their meaning. Uh, there was, um, in Japan, over 300 years ago, um, you know, there were Christian missionaries there. They were brutally suppressed, 
and the remaining Christians went underground. And after 300-plus years, uh, all they had left was the, were the signs. They, they forgot the meaning of the signs. So they had these rituals, um, bread and whatnot, but they didn't know what they meant anymore, you know? And I think we Christians today, um, if we don't go back to our first love, you know, we're going to be a people like that. We're going to have these signs, but we're not going to know the meaning behind the signs and the ultimate beautiful destination that they're pointing us towards. And that's why we really have to go back to our first love. What's the meaning of a man's body? What's the meaning of a woman's body? Why is it important that marriage be between a man and a woman? And what's the meaning of that sign? And in that, we're going to find that love is what we are made for. Jason Sharon is with us. He is a pastor at Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, PA. <laughs> uh, okay, so in our remaining minutes, I want to uh, kind of change perspective a bit on you, Jason, and just talk about, go back to the yard sign thing. Um, I, I find the yard sign interesting in the same way that I find social media interesting in kind of a you know sickening way, which is that it seems as if we're obsessed with making our statement. And it's not anymore as much what we do as it is what we say. So our yeah. words sum up the, you know, totality of our righteousness. And if our actions, you know, actions don't, aren't really even considered, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think this whole phenomenon of signs on the lawn is in reaction to the Christian church, which isn't proclaiming the gospel with full voice in the public square, you know? So as the church pulls back with her voice and you know, relativizes it and privatizes it within four square walls, you know, um, is that you see this reaction, nature abhors a vacuum, and you see people everywhere on their lawns, they're, they're proclaiming their new beliefs. And uh, it should be a wake-up call, I think, to, to, to the, the, the body of Christ, that people are thirsting for a faith. And if we're not going to be bold and proclaim, you know, the beauty of Christ, then the world is going to fabricate uh, its own creed and put it on signs, and people are going to put it on banners, and they're going to put it on their front lawn. Uh, so we'd better put out, you know, the Nicene Creed. If you can get a Nicene Creed, put it on on a piece of paper, on a on a, on a poster, and put it on your front lawn. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, so uh, I knew you were coming yeah, on. You'd have to have a big sign. Well, you'd have, or just very small typeface. <laughs> okay. Right. And people would have to stand there and look at it very closely, and that would maybe it'll be a conversation starter, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So uh, I knew that you were coming on, and you were going to talk about this, Jason. And so I, I went on Amazon and uh, I, I typed in "We Believe" sign, and of course, you know the, the ubiquitous signs in this home. We believe they're for sale everywhere on Amazon, but there is yeah. no there is no Nicene Creed, there is no Apostles what Creed. Are, what, what are the options? Do we have any good ones? Well, there's a lot of others. There's a lot of other signs that you can buy. Like I mean, what? Um, in this house, we believe in freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, all men and women are equal, law and order, due process, your freedom, property rights, all lives matter, and we stand for our anthem. Okay, they're already making me mad. All of them. And you know what makes me mad? And maybe oh, clearly this is just my own you know, personal reaction to it. But it just makes me mad that everybody just has to like express their thing. Their virtue. All the time. Well, how about this I mean, one? Just, how about just go into your house and, like, cook on your grill and well, just yeah. stop? Uh, well, okay, how about this? In this house, we are real. We make mistakes. Oh. We say, I'm sorry. We forgive. We have fun. We are really loud. We give hugs. 
we love. Okay. I like that one better. I like that one better. But how about just not put the sign out? Just act like that. Right. I mean, there's a ton of different things, no matter what your, you know, political affiliation or social affiliation. can't stand it. You know, in this house, there's something about marijuana. I mean, you you could do that, put that on. Okay. The the vast majority of these lawn signs, though, they they are profoundly religious. They speak to who I am, what's right and wrong. And, um, you know, they, they are religious manifestations. They're like uh, nineteen or fifteen, seventeen uh, on the you know the, the doors that, that Martin Luther uh, put the, the ninety-five theses on. You know, everybody's everybody's uh, front lawn has become like that now. Right, well manicured. And, uh, yeah, and well that's manicured with that, signs. Yeah, Gosh. politics has become the all all pervasive new religion, and so everybody feels. That, uh, that they have to make their, their declaration of faith. Well, oh. you know, to be honest, in my neighborhood, there are so many signs. Like, I'll walk my dog in the morning. There are so many signs. My sign, my house doesn't have a sign. I kind of feel like, you know, there's something wrong at my right. house because I don't have a sign. He's being pressured. It's peer pressure I, I, in the Forest Hills area. I don't know. Oh, all right. I think we lost Father Jason. Anyway, Jace, we love you. Thanks we for do. being with us today. That's an interesting take on that, John. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know what I'd have to do. I, I think I put a sign up in my yard when my kid graduated from high school. I think it's the only sign I've ever put up. I don't think I've ever put a sign. I'm not going to put a sign up. What are you going to put a sign up there? You wouldn't put a sign up for me. <laughs> you know what? The only time in our family that we put up a sign in my family house was when my brother came back from Vietnam. Okay, that's a pretty good reason. And, and, and it said... And it was like on the way up on the front porch, it said, Welcome home, Jeff. He drove by the house and he was like, Oh, please take that sign down immediately. That's so embarrassing to me. So he didn't want a sign. Okay, well, and he just Jeff- came back from the war. All right, fine. Then no sign. All right. Signs. Everywhere there's signs. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our busy schedules. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Now, Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Now, the first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. Hi, I'm Karen, owner of Lone Star Transfer. Now that life is returning to normal, let us help you get out of your unused timeshare. For most, getting out of a timeshare that feels impossible to use is a priority. One of the biggest concerns we hear is not knowing how high your next maintenance fee may be. With the bill right around the corner, it's like rolling the dice. We will get you out of your unused timeshare quickly so you can go back to traveling where you want, when you want. For over a decade, Lone Star Transfer has been helping thousands of people just like you exit their expensive timeshare. We have an A-plus rating and hundreds of excellent reviews with the BBB. We guarantee the release of all liability to your timeshare in writing and in a specific time frame. 
For the best customer service and a free consultation, call 844-284-4860. That's 844-284-4860 or online at LoneStarTransfer.com. Now is the time to get a new job. Express Employment Professionals never charges job seekers a fee and has more than 35,000 job openings with high demand in construction, driving, logistics, and administrative jobs. Find a location near you at ExpressPros.com or on the Express Jobs app. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Some of your favorite pastors and authors like Charles Stanley, John Piper, and Max Lucado are bringing you their most popular devotionals for free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend time in God's Word daily. Sign up for daily devotionals from crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox with devotionals for parenting, singles, women, workplace, and more. Crosswalk.com offers spiritual growth for every stage of life. Visit crosswalk.com. All righty. Well, uh, back to the uh, dining scene. People are out and about, right? I, I love it. Yeah. Okay. So there is a, a restaurant in uh, New York City called 11 Madison Park. Right. And this garnered a lot of interest during COVID because they closed down. Mm-hmm. And there was rumor that when they reopened, there was going to be a sea change. Right. Well, there is. Okay. Because it used to be a, what, um, sort of a, a steak place. Right? Yeah. I think it was like a, you know, a protein place. It was like a, a surf and turf type of place. It was right. a high end, you know, poultry type of place. Well, now this place is the uh, New York City's fanciest vegan restaurant. Mm-hmm. A much anticipated post-pandemic reopening. The waiting list to get a seat at this restaurant. The, the waiting list is 15,000 people. 15,000 15, people. 1,000 people on yes. the waiting list. Right. Now, okay, that's crazy town. We all recognize that, right? So uh, their meal consists of this. An 8 or 10 course meal. That costs, get this, $335 per person. It takes four hours to eat this vegan meal. Now, if you don't have 335 in four hours, you can do a six-course bar-tasting menu for $175, right? Uh, here's a deal. Okay, uh, this is a, a restaurant review. If there is one dish that represents the precision, nuance, and especially the labor intensiveness of the new menu, it's the unassuming cucumber course that appears about one and a half hours into the meal. It looks like an old fish tartare, but it consists of minutely chopped compressed cucumbers in a gradient with equally tiny bits of sweet, crisp melon over punctuated threads of silky smooth daikon. Okay, first off... It's cucumbers. I bet that's delicious. I'm sure it is. I bet that is delicious. Okay, but... 335. 335. Not $3.35. $335. And who's got four okay. hours? All right. Okay, so I we don't uh, have a vegetarian house, but we have a pescatarian house because my husband is not able to eat mm-hmm. meat and poultry. Yep. Okay, this is what I have learned. We've been doing this now for four years. Okay. It is a lot cheaper 
to oh, be a I'm vegetarian. Sure yeah. Okay, it is a lot cheaper. Now you can say, okay, but you're spending a lot of money on vegetables. You're spending a lot of money on organic vegetables. That is true, but that is never going to make up for the filet that you were going to buy or the flank steak you were going to buy or the porterhouse or, or any of that. It's ju- I'm telling you, it is way, way, way cheaper to do this. Okay. Has, have you been to the Burger King and had the uh, plant-based? No, because it? it, half of it's artificial crap. Well, I'm not doing it's that. vegan. I don't, I don't care. I'm not a vegan. Anyway, the point is... And here's the this is the criticism that the restaurant is gaining garnering at this point is that it's too expensive. I mean, if it was going to be 335 for the tasting menu when you were serving meat and poultry and everything else, yep. it should be a heck of a lot less than that if you're only serving vegetables. Well, it's very frou-frou. Just frou-frou, right? You know what's going there? People have hardware in their face. No, I don't think that's I think the case. So. I do. It's, it's BLTs, the Emmons House tonight. Right. So, so we're doing but not for my husband because he can't do that. Don't turn sad on the that oven. I would do that. I'd bring that up and he can't eat it. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.